I think in terms of a media diet, uh, it's often that you're hearing from commentators and talking heads who have second and third party sources uh, with regards to this stuff. But it's very different when you start listening to media events through uh, the minds of insiders, so people who are intimately involved in the industry. And uh, for me, Unchained and The Chopping Block podcast uh, led by Hasib Qureshi uh, is that insider look into the crypto industry that I don't get anywhere else uh, because uh, Hasib is just an extremely sharp uh, communicator. Some of you may have read his blog post on negotiation um, and uh, you know, since he turned to crypto like three to four years ago, he's been intensely in it and uh, has emerged as one of the uh, thought leaders in the space. And to hear him break down FTX, I think, uh, is one of the most insightful ways to get a handle on FTX because uh, you're getting it pretty much directly from the, so- the source, uh, not reporters, like people actually participating in the industry. Um, so here's his recap and a little bit of discussion. I just the, the, sh- the sheer scale of this and the audacity is just unbelievable. Today has been a, a pretty crazy day. Actually, the last few days have been a very harrowing day for the entire industry. Uh, and it all started between two of the central characters in the crypto drama, who are CZ, the founder of Binance, and Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX. So uh, Sam and CZ have a very complicated relationship. And so I'm going to start from the very, very beginning and kind of give the exposition for what happened. So Sam and CZ, they have been competitors for a long time. Uh, Sam, of course, got his start as a trader. and Originally, he was the founder of a trading firm called Alameda Research. Then they went on to build FTX, which is now one of the largest exchanges in the world, or was until very recently. Now, Alameda Alameda Research and FTX have always had somewhat of a confusing relationship. Uh, It was known for a long time that Alameda Research traded a great deal on FTX in the early days. As the exchange became more institutional, their relationship became a little bit more um, opaque. Became, uh, people didn't really know exactly what the relationship was between Alameda and FTX, but the claim from FTX was always that Alameda, the trading firm, is not you know, directly associated with FTX. We're totally distinct. We might have common ownership, but we don't really work together in a direct way. That was a story. It's generally considered to be a bit suspect to have a trading firm and, a, and a, an exchange to have a close relationship because, of course, that means that the trading firm has some kind of unfair advantage when trading on the exchange. What does it have to do with CZ and Binance? Binance, of course, is the largest exchange in the world. Binance was an early investor into FTX. So they had an early partnership. They uh, invested at a very early stage. And eventually, FTX bought out Binance from their initial stake for a total of $2 billion. And part of that $2 billion was in cash. And part of it was in FTT, which is the native token of FTX. Now, what is FTT? It's another central part of the story. So FTT is an exchange token, kind of like BNB, kind of like OKB. The way that FTT works, and uh, Tom, please correct me if I'm wrong here. So the way FTT works is that FTX burns a portion of their revenue to buy back some of the FTT and then destroy it every uh, week or something like that. I think it's weekly. And uh, in addition to that, if you own a lot of FTT and you stake it, you get trading discounts uh, if you're trading at uh, FTX. Do I have that right, Tom? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, So this is FTT. So what, what triggered all of this was that, um, if you recall, over the last week, actually in the last episode, we talked about an episode where Sam Bankman-Fried uh, was, t- was weighing in on his thoughts on regulation and DCCPA, which is a new proposed bill that was going to end up regulating quite a bit of crypto as well as DeFi. And many people became very upset with Sam after that. Uh, and they believed that Sam was selling out a lot of the rest of the crypto industries, particularly around DeFi, but also other exchanges. And there was a big debate between him and Eric Voorhees that we covered on our last show. 
Now, Sam, public sentiment against Sam really turned after that. And it seems like CZ, uh, similar to many of the other people who were upset with Sam, uh, CZ was one of the central people who believed that, hey, I think Sam is, is behaving as a bad actor. And so CZ published a tweet a few days ago where he said that he was going to be liquidating his FTT ownership. So remember, a huge portion of their buyout was in FTT. So Binance was a huge pile of FTT, and they decide finally that they're going to sell it. And the reasoning they provide for why they're going to sell it is, one, uh, risk management. So the, the leaked financials about Alameda Research scared a lot of people because, of course, Alameda held a huge amount of illiquid assets on their balance sheet. Of the roughly $6 billion of equity that was on their balance sheet, that was, of I believe, end of last year, a, a huge portion of that was extremely illiquid, and a huge portion of it was FTT itself. And so Binance announced, as part of their exit plan, they are going to be selling their FTT on the open market. And there's this line that he posted, which I think is a, a very telling line. He says, liquidating our FTT, said CZ, is just post-exit risk management, learning from Luna. We gave support before, but we won't pretend to make love after divorce. We are not against anyone, but we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs. So this was a direct dagger at the heart of FTX. Now, Alameda Research, which again, unclear the relationship between FTX other than the common ownership. Alameda Research owns a huge portion of all the FTT in existence. And, F and Alameda is quite, uh, has, has a very, very large uh, outstanding loan book. So there are a lot of loans that Alameda is holding, and presumably a lot of that FTT is collateral. So Alameda then announces on Twitter that we will buy all of your FTT at $22. Uh, so FTT, immediately after CZ announces FTT starts to decline, Alameda announces they're going to buy all this FTT at $22. Binance refuses. Binance says, look, I'd rather do this on the open market. Why not do all this out in the open? Binance then proceeds to move all of their FTT to Binance and starts to sell. This starts to crash the FTT market. FTT starts dumping and dumping and dumping. And by last night, which uh, last night was, was Monday night, um, FTT goes below $22. $22 it was holding there very strong under this belief that FTX slash Alameda was going to backstop the market. After that, the floor fell out and all of a sudden, massive, massive, massive outflows from FTX. All of a sudden, everyone starts getting scared that FTX is going to be insolvent, that Alameda is insolvent, that there's going to be another three arrows-like liquidation spiral as a result of lenders no longer being able to liquidate the FTT collateral that Alameda has. Alameda, to be clear, is one of the largest market-making firms in crypto. They're a massive, massive player. They have huge amounts of loans from other parties. And if we see another, a repeat of what happened with Three Arrows, everyone knows that it's going to be carnage in the markets. So Sam Bankman-Fried goes on to Twitter. He announces, FTX is fine. There's no reason to withdraw. Everything is okay. At the same time that he's doing that, Yesterday, meaning Monday, Sam goes to Wall Street and he starts trying to get a, an emergency liquidity injection into FTX. Now, to be clear, up till now, this has all been about Alameda. This has all been about Alameda and FTT. FTT is supposed to be a discount token. But all of a sudden, everyone learns that FTX is trying to raise money. And we see that withdrawals start getting um, slowed down. And suddenly withdrawals eventually, as of this morning, stop completely from FTX. Now, to be, I also want to specify, this is FTX International. This is not FTX US, which is a US regulated entity. FTX US is fine, and there's no real reason to believe that FTX US is not fine. So all of a sudden, people are thinking, wait, 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 wait. This market-making firm, which is supposed to be disconnected, is losing money, and as a result, FTX needs to raise money? It doesn't make sense. FTX was trying to raise a billion dollars uh, around midday yesterday, and by the end of the evening... FTX is trying to now raise 5 to $6 billion. 
and there are no bids. Nobody wants to invest. What we've, what we've heard is that there was maybe about half a billion dollars of interest that they were able to round up. But as the number kept going up by the end of the day, originally they were trying to raise at a $10 billion valuation. By last night, it completely falls apart. Pretty soon, there is mass fear that Alameda is insolvent and that somehow FTX is also insolvent and that the connection between Alameda and FTX was not as originally explained. Sam claimed on Twitter that FTX customer funds are not being lent out. They're not being played around with. Everything is there at the exchange. But on-chain sleuthing reveals that this is not the case. There's too much money going around. There's too much, there's too much hand-wringing. It, it looks like something is wrong at FTX. And fairly soon, there is a mass exodus. FTT starts to absolutely collapse. Until this morning, CZ announces that Binance is going to be acquiring FTX. Now, they are not acquiring the U.S. entity. They're not acquiring Alameda Research. And also, this is a non-binding LOI, meaning a letter of intent. So that means that they still haven't done due diligence, and this deal might still fall apart. The market rebounds a little bit and then continues to fall, and now we are basically in the mode of mass contagion. Everybody is afraid that if Alameda defaults, are we going to see another three arrows? Is FTX completely dead? Are people going to lose their money? Is this going to lead to a wave of pain for the industry and for the future of how crypto is going to be seen by regulators and by lawmakers. So that's the high level of where we are at today. I think I covered as much as I could. Let me stop there and just get first high level responses, how you guys are feeling about what happened today. Nick, why don't you start? Well, I think the most dramatic day, maybe since this summer, but maybe even since sort of March 2020. This feels a little bit like the layman to the summer's Bear Stearns. I think this is actually possibly worse, dare I say. <laughs> I mean, FTX and uh, you know, the FTX Alameda, FTX US Empire, if that really is dissolving, that just leaves a lot of holes and a lot of balance sheets throughout the industry. And the lenders that are already seriously impaired and distressed, it might be kind of the last hammer to fall. Taking them down, I think then you, you question what, what becomes of Genesis, what becomes of DCG, what becomes a lot of the, the firms that are very sort of Sam affiliated. I mean, FTT going to almost zero in the space of 24 hours is, is truly remarkable and even more shocking almost than Luna going to zero just because it, it seemed to be backed by real corporate <laughs> revenues, you know, with, and, and actual earnings. And not to mention the enormous consolidation here, which is a crazy, crazy event to happen. Now, finance will be a total behemoth, assuming the deal goes through. From my see, this is, yeah, as you said, one of the most harrowing experiences I've ever seen in the crypto space. Yeah, I would agree about just kind of almost like from an optics perspective. You know, a lot of people were calling out Terra Luna before. And it is true that in recent weeks, I mean, my DMs were filling up with people talking about FTX and, and Alameda. And I did, you know, ask SBF in my last interview with him about that relationship but at that time, there was nowhere near as many connections as have been made in recent weeks. But the thing is that, you know, up until recent weeks, Sam really, you know, was like the face of kind of regulated crypto in DC. He was, you know, the one who was advocating, as we saw in the debate with Eric Voorhees, you know, a way of operating with regulators that is very friendly to them and something that, you know, they could probably get in line with. And I think what's fascinating is that at least, you know, based on what we're seeing on chain, 
it kind of looks like, you know, FTX and Alameda were operating in a way that is definitely beyond what any regulator would, you know, sanction. And so it's just so funny that he advocates for that type of regulation, but he himself doesn't practice those practices and that's what took him down. So there's some crazy irony there. And especially that CZ of all people who is the poster child for, you know, regulatory arbitrage is the one who like called his bluff on that and took and took down FTS. So the, the whole, I mean, just like, you know, for me as a storyteller, I'm like, like, I don't even have to do anything here. Like and when I go to write this, it's just like all written for me. So yeah, just definitely uh, to my experience, you know, um, I actually think this is the number one biggest news day in crypto ever in the history of crypto. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think you people comp it to like Terra Luna or three IOs. But again, I think like a lot of people refuse to get into Terra just because the big mechanics weren't sound. A lot of lenders refused to lend to three IOs um, because they didn't pass diligence. But Sam was like supposed to be, you know, sort of the golden child uh, networking in D.C., uh, this you know, MIT wonderkind. And then like this is sort of falling apart. I, I, I do find it also funny that like this Coindesk article really seemed to actually be the, the thing that kicked off this sort of crisis of confidence that came out about a week ago. That's what started to cause the stablecoin withdrawals from FTX. That's what started to cause this entire sort of cascade. Um, and but even that was like not a very. I guess, well, sort of diligenced article. It was from June and it was kind of unclear what the liabilities were supposed to be. Um, and so when I read that article, I didn't think immediately, oh, FTX is insolvent. It was, okay, this doesn't look like a super healthy balance sheet. I don't really know who's lending, but it wasn't as if like, oh, this thing is is toast. It's a zero immediately, but it's almost sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy of as more and more people lose crisis or lose confidence, more people lose confidence and you end up with the current situation. But I think I think that's right. We, the, the question is like, okay, what did, what did we learn today? The first thing we learned is you never cross CZ. So that's the first lesson. <laughs> I think that's one thing that you want to take with you uh, for a long time now because you cross CZ and you're not going to live to tell the tale. The second thing is that I think we now understand um, a lot of how FTX worked, which is that... So, so first I want to say that a lot of what we're talking about in this show, especially that's not already um, out in public, is, is going to be speculation. Right now we don't know a lot. It's a very live situation and a lot of news is flying by and a lot of things are not confirmed yet. So very few people know the truth of what is actually going on here. But um, what I've heard, and again, this is totally speculation, so I don't know whether this is true. What I've heard is that yesterday when there was this emergency financing going on for FTX, basically people realized as Sam was asking for more and more money that the diligence materials he was sharing were bullshit. It's very likely that you know when, when the FTX round happened last year, there is absolutely no way that if the investors knew that customer funds were basically all being lent out to Alameda, that this would have been invested in by all of these institutional investors. So the, the, the speculation that I'm hearing is that what happened is likely going to be criminal because they misrepresented right. a huge amount of things, both to customers and to investors. There's really no plausible way that FTX, not Alameda, but FTX would not be able to process withdrawals because the value of FTT went down. It doesn't make sense. Well, right. The there there shouldn't be a relationship. Yeah, I mean... And, exactly. And this is why I was so shocked about the whole thing, because I thought, okay, maybe Alameda's in trouble. But that shouldn't actually reflect... There, there shouldn't be a contagion over to FTX. The only explanation exactly. I have is that CZ somehow got wind of the fact that maybe customer deposits were being lent out and decided to launch this attack. I would love to know what they knew, such that yeah. they could feel empowered to launch that attack. 
they must That's have done right. some on-chain sleuthing or something to determine that uh, FTX was not just holding those balances in full reserve. Yeah, and my point about um, how the exact behaviors that regulators will not sanction is what took Sam down. You know, when I mentioned like, you know, on-chain evidence, what I meant was, was, I saw multiple tweets about this. You know, a bunch of people had been trying to look for FTX's cold storage. And that is a major red flag if you cannot find anything that looks like that. And then when people were also saying there's so much money that Alameda is sending to FTX, like if they're truly as separate as they're supposed to be, then like that should not be needed in this kind of scenario. You know, it, it, you're right. Like if it's full full reserves, then just as people are withdrawing, they just get the coins they have. So, you know, I, I like obviously nothing is like 100% at this moment, but, you know, it's a major red flag that people haven't been able to identify those wallets. So, yeah. I, I agree. The chain doesn't lie, as we've seen time and time again. And it's a big red flag to be going on Twitter in public and saying we're completely solvent. And then on chain, we see that you're pulling, you know, a few million dollars from random yield farms. Like you don't go, you know, scrounging through your couch for change if you're if you're totally good for it. And so um, I agree. I mean, I think like if you, if you can't produce reserves, if you can't produce those, those, those cold wall addresses, it doesn't really breed a lot of confidence. Which Which to me is also crazy that how did this last round get done without doing basic enough diligence to understand where are the assets and i mean these are some of the largest and most sophisticated invest investors in the world that that's right it was like a billion dollars that they raised it was a billion dollars at 32 nobody verified where the funds were which is absolutely insane um but it, it the the other element of this which is i think um also worrying, of course, is, is, is the Alameda side. So FTX, okay, FTX is in trouble. Um, Alameda, I've heard they're not, they didn't make margin calls and people can't get in touch with them, which probably means that Alameda is going under. Um, we don't know for certain, but that's, that's a, it's a good prediction at this point to make, especially given that FTT has gotten rocked. It's down over 75% uh, just in the last 24 hours. Now, originally you might think like, okay, why did CZ do this? You know, if, if you think that CD, CZ was the one who shot the gun, um, why did he do this? There may have been in his mind an expectation that, okay, if I, if I hurt FT, FTX, I, it's, a, it's a chance to take out a competitor and I can consolidate. I don't think he realized how bad it would be if something like this were happen. Like the reality is that the entire crypto industry is down more than 12% today. Uh, Bitcoin, Ether, everything is down massively. And there's, there's a lot of fear about if could things get worse if we see real contagion kick off and if we see an impairment in the lenders as much as what happened with three arrows. And so I don't think, I don't think CZ fully understood the consequences of what would happen if he were to try to take down FTX. It's always been a bit of an open secret among exchange owners that FTX was never very profitable. And it was kind of weird that they were so big and they were spending so much on marketing and they were, they were, they were so aggressive and they were so loud um, but of all the big exchanges, FTX was probably the least profitable, except besides Coinbase. Coinbase maybe the only exception, which is somehow losing money. Uh, almost every other exchange made money, especially that did derivatives, right? Derivatives are incredibly profitable. But FTX was the least profitable of all of the big exchanges. And it was always very confusing to other exchange founders. What is going on at FTX? Like, why are they raising so much money? Why are they becoming so successful when we can tell they're not making that much money? And I think we now have a clear idea of what the answer is, is that FTX was a way, or sorry, potentially, the suspicion is that FTX was ultimately a way to fund Alameda Research where they made the real money. 
And now is when we saw the whole thing unwind. That kind of maps. I, I'm still in shock about that, and I almost don't believe it because they position themselves as the pro-regulatory <laughs> exchange, and they were trying to come into the light in the U.S. and you know from from offshore. And so, it beggars belief that they would do that. I would never, never have expected that. I was completely taken by surprise. But that does track in terms of the path dependence of this whole thing because Alameda was first. You know, Alameda came first, and then FTX was created. And so if you see it as a vehicle to get more deposits and, and allow Alameda to obtain more leverage, it kind of makes sense. But it, it's still shocking that they wouldn't adhere to this basic, basic principle of running a crypto exchange, which is maintain a full reserve. Okay, so that was November 9th, which is pretty much right after the week that everything went down. So there is a little bit more time to collect details. This is November 16th, a week later, when more details emerge. Okay, so for those of you who somehow have not followed the story, we left off last week, uh, I think Tuesday, we, we recorded this emergency episode. Um, on last Tuesday, we were, we were sort of on this cliffhanger when CZ had announced that he was going to acquire uh, FTX, although he just submitted an LOI, meaning that it was a non-binding um, letter of intent to decide whether or not they, after they do due diligence, whether they were going to acquire FTX. And on the last show, we were basically anticipating there was a high likelihood that CZ was going to walk away from the deal. So that was Tuesday. Wednesday, CZ announces that CZ is walking away. Binance cannot take over the liabilities. The, the balance sheet is too much of a mess. Sam then announces that he is going to still seek emergency financing. He kind of softly blames CZ, claiming that CZ was never going to buy anything. Um, he announced that FTX US is fine. The problem is on FTX International. Uh, but FTX US is totally okay. And uh, he, he says that the balance sheets are totally separated. On the same day, the SEC announces that for the first time, they are going to be investigating FTX uh, into misappropriation of customer funds. So they were, there was already an outstanding investigation into some of their earned products. But now it's, it's starting to look like it's potentially a criminal probe. So that's Wednesday. Everybody is kind of standing on pins and needles. The assumption at that point is that probably FTX is not going to be able to raise funding, but nobody knows that the, the complete details quite yet. Thursday, last week, withdrawals on FTX are completely frozen, but it's announced that Bahamian citizens are allowed to withdraw from FTX. Uh, FTX claims that this was under the order of the Bahamian SEC. The Bahamian SEC, by the way, later, as of this weekend, denied that this was ever an instruction given to FTX, but the only withdrawals that are now coming out of FTX Global are to Bahamian citizens. There ends up being an absolute circus where um, multiple things happen in the same day. One, Justin Sun announces a credit facility that he's going to allow Tron and Tron ecosystem tokens to be withdrawable from FTX, and then only Bahamian citizens and Tron tokens can be withdrawn, uh, and, and NFTs. And so what, hap what happens is that on Twitter, there are all sorts of crazy black market transactions where people are faking Bahamian KYC or engaging into OTC deals with Bahamian users to basically use Bahamian KYC to withdraw out of FTX, uh, which is obviously very illegal and all of this is, is happening out in the open on Twitter. Uh, Sam was purportedly still in the Bahamas when all this happened, but basically the whole team quit around this time. And so FTX just kind of becomes an absolute circus. Friday, finally, FTX files for bankruptcy. And when FTX files for bankruptcy, it's not just FTX International, which is where the damage was originally done, but every single subsidiary of FTX, including FTX US, including Blockfolio uh, and Ledger X, all file for bankruptcy simultaneously. Sam resigns as CEO and he brings in John Ray, 
who was the liquidator for Enron, to be the liquidator for the FTX bankruptcy. People thought at this point, okay, it's over. It, finally, FTX has come to rest. The whole thing is going to be unwound, and we're going to learn what really happened. And then, Friday night, a massacre. It turns out that FTX starts moving funds again. And people are like, wow, what, what is the liquidator doing at FTX at you know, 10 p.m. on a Friday night? Well, what ended up happening was that the, the, the cold wallets for FTX were hacked. And hundreds of millions of dollars of FTX assets, particularly in lots and lots of altcoins, started getting sold through DeFi. We should, we should be careful about calling it a hack or not. It could have just been an insider, and we don't actually fully know. Right? True. Okay. We, we so just know the funds moved. The funds moved somehow. We know that they were unauthorized. Yes, there's some, some, some type of unauthorized access. We don't know yet who this was or, or how they were connected to FTX. Um, and at the same time, soon after this started taking place, people noticed that the hacker or the attacker, quote-unquote, um, started uh, moving funds to two different addresses. And over time, it becomes clear that actually these two different addresses are somebody who has, two people who have control over the same address, fighting for control and siphoning assets away from control of the attacker. And so about 200, there was about 600 million uh, worth of assets that were under contest, and about 300 million of it was successfully siphoned away by the attacker. Uh, the other 300 million was either protected by the FTX team or frozen, uh, a, a huge number of assets, including the, 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 I think the PAX G and the Tether was frozen in anticipation of the attacker selling them for, for unfreezable assets. So absolute mayhem taking place on Friday night. Uh, finally, the situation gets under control by, by Friday. By Saturday, the balance sheet of FTX is finally leaked. And we now know what the uh, assets and liabilities of FTX look like. Basically, FTX had $1 billion in liquid assets to $9 billion in liabilities, meaning that if looking at the current state of the balance sheet, almost certainly there are going to be pennies on the dollar for anybody who is, who is looking at uh, the, the, the FTX liquidation. So it's clear now that the scale of fraud at FTX was massive. It's clear that there was huge amounts of, um, of capital that was pulled out of FTX that should have been there for customer deposits. It's clear that it, it infected every element of the FTX empire. It even affected FTX US, which was originally perceived, and we thought on the show, that it was going to be totally cordoned off. And that was the indication that Sam was giving as of Wednesday. But the whole thing has now completely collapsed, and we're now learning more and more salacious details and drama of what was going on underneath the hood. So I'm going to stop there. We, we're, going to, we're going to go into a lot of detail about a lot of these things. But I just want to first start with giving everybody up to speed on what has happened between then and now. It took, it took all of those facts before Matt Levine agreed it was fraud. Because I feel like if you actually have been reading like the financial coverage and normal news, it's all been like, oh, like they, they had some problems, they had asset liability mismatch, maybe they could have borrowed funds, whatever. Right? And like today he was finally like, and he was like, yeah, I like Sam, he, could, he probably wasn't lying. And that was like Friday. Uh, and then, you know, today he's finally like, oh, actually this balance sheet is dog shit. And it's mainly them saying tokens that they control they marked up to their like peak value um, and took no liquidity constraints or anything like that into account. So I feel like at this point, it's pretty clear that not only was that true, but like the BlockFi and Voyager acquisitions were really just another way to keep kind of the Ponzi scheme going. Because like it really, the interesting thing from a like theoretical lens about this is you're taking three separate businesses or entities 
They have three functions that on their own could be sustainable, like an exchange that earns trading fees, a market-making operation that happens to have a very good fee tier. That's sort of the altruistic way of describing Alameda. And, and the last thing is um, the ability to borrow against your own equity. But those three things, their, their utilities, when added together under one entity, looks like a Ponzi scheme. But if they were separate and adversarial, they're they're fine and sustainable. And that's like the interesting that to me, that's the funniest thing about this is like somehow we just turned into a very standard Ponzi scheme. It's just that you took the new depositors money and you used it to underwrite yourself FTT loans, which you then had to use to prop up FTT, which is basically buying up the, you know, paying the old depositors and you needed new new flow of depositors to keep that going. And well, so here's here's the thing, Tarun. Is that I, I completely agree with you, and it, it it does put all of the acquisitions that Sam was doing over the summer into a very different light. Um, and so just just to, just to sketch out, because I think a lot of the audience might not totally understand. So you might remember in the summer after the three arrows blow up, a, a bunch of lenders went underwater and needed to be bailed out. And Sam kind of stepped in and announced that he was going to backstop a lot of the lenders. And um, at the time, a lot of people believed that Sam was just consolidating. He was being this J.P. Morgan like capitalist. Um, it now seems this is the the theory. Okay, again, nobody really knows the exact details, but the theory is that um, Alameda was already underwater and was having their loans recalled by a lot of the other lenders, and the only way that they could one uh, prevent themselves from deleveraging, which would have caused Alameda to completely blow out, or two, basically also obfuscate the extent of of their of their um, their loan agreements with other parties, was that basically they had to bail out the banks that were loaning them money, and if they didn't do that. That Alameda was just going to, you know, FTT was just going to be vomited up everywhere, and Alameda itself would no longer be be viable. Um, and so they, the the idea is that actually they had to bail out BlockFi and and Voyager because they were two of their own largest lenders. That's the idea. Now again, we don't know if that's exactly true. You know, when when this happened on on when we were doing the show last week, my assumption was that this started recently. My assumption was that the 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 uh, the, the capital that was lent out from FTX customer deposits to Alameda was probably a momentary lapse that happened in the summer after 3AC blew up, right? It was basically, Sam was on the brink. He had to go to Alameda's rescue. And if he didn't, that everything was going to fall apart. Alameda was going to go to bankruptcy. Uh, the, you know, All of the Sam Empire tokens were going to unwind in a really dramatic way. And he thought, look, if I can just, if I can just tide over some liquidity now, I can save Alameda, pay back the loans, blah, blah, blah. All this can be made whole as long as crypto doesn't turn against me, right? The market doesn't turn against me. That was my mental model of probably what happened. As more of this information is coming out about just how consistently this pattern of misappropriation and fraud seems to have been at FTX, it now seems increasingly likely that actually this was happening from the beginning. Now, again, we don't know. This is speculation. There's so much fog of war right now about what the actual picture was at FTX. But the picture that we're getting so far seems to be that this was the intention from the beginning was to use FTX as a piggy bank for Alameda. And that and, and that's really scary that this so so one of the one of the big stories that came out from the Wall Street Journal this weekend was that um, apparently there was essentially this backdoor that was uh, some kind of some kind of program that Sam had access to that allowed him to basically keep two sets of books for FTX such that the auditors would get one set of books about what uh, where the assets were but he could you know with the click of a button move funds from FTX customer deposits into Alameda in a way that was opaque to their auditors and actually opaque to people internally at FTX, which is crazy and, and uh, demonstrates a, a clarity around fraud 
that I was not expecting to get at the heart of the story. It's funny that uh, right now is blowing up with people being like, Sam lied to Laura straight to jail <laughs> in response for this type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't That's do that. Hilarious. It's criminal. Oh, tell me, um, go ahead. It's, fun- it's funny because um, I remember during DeFi summer, um, there was something I think Sam said to us or someone else at FTX said to us on, on a call, basically saying, hey, all these early DeFi teams, they fucked up. They did these, doing these public token sales um, because then you're explicitly selling this security. Like, why do you want to sell, you know, basically pseudo equity in your project well, early on? Like, actually, 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 this story, um, no, so I, so I relayed the story to you. It was not actually Sam who told me this. It was actually Kyle from Three Arrows who told me this. So, so let me, let me, let me tell you the story. Let me tell you the story. So this was, so this was 2021. I know, I know. This is 2021 last year. Uh, I, I, I'd come to Singapore and um, I, it was actually, it was like my second time meeting uh, the Three Arrows guys. And so I got, I got uh, lunch with Kyle, Kyle Davies in Singapore. And this was back when Sam was top of the world, Kyle was top of the world. Um, you know, these guys were just printing money. They were the, they were the, kind of the, the titans of the industry. And um, he was telling me, you know, so they, they had a close relationship with Sam. Um, and Kyle was telling me, he's like, you know, I think I finally understood what Sam was doing. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean you understand what Sam was doing? He was telling me, you know, the, 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 what, what Sam realized is that the people from the last generation of crypto, the way that they monetized their position in the market was that they would, they would, they would get really well-known, they would build all this press, get all this awareness, and then they would launch a token and they would sell that token to retail. And that was the, that was the game in 2017. And Sam realized that that game is stupid. Because if you play that game, one, you, you make money once, you just sell the token once and that's it. And then you get all these regulatory troubles, right? Oh, the SEC comes after you. The people lose money. They get really mad. And like, you just have to deal with this thing forever. And what Sam realized is that uh, what you should do instead is you should launch tokens and you should be a net buyer of those tokens. Because if you are a net buyer of those tokens, then now that token is going to become really valuable because you're booing it in addition to everybody else. You're not perceived as a seller. You have no problems with regulators because regulators aren't mad that you're dumping the stuff on retail. And if you're Sam, you can use this as, as collateral and you can borrow the real money of crypto, which is dollars. And especially if you have a market-making firm that can monetize using those dollars, then that's where you make the real money. You don't make the real money doing an ICO, right? That's where you can make, okay, you can make a few hundred million doing an ICO. But if you want to make billions, you need dollars to go make those billions. And that was, uh, you know, according to, according to Kyle, that was a strategy that, that Sam was employing from the very beginning. He did, it with, uh, he did it with Serum. He did it with FTT. He did it with all these Sam tokens. Sushi. And now, uh, I guess Sushi potentially as well. There's now speculation that, that Sam was actually Chef Nomi all along, who was the original creator of SushiSwap. You know, I remember when, after I had this conversation with Kyle, I was like, huh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I, I, I associated that with Alameda. I thought, ah, that's what Alameda is doing. It's not what FTX is doing. FTX is an exchange, right? Like that's maybe Sam's personal strategy, but I, I, I didn't connect the dots that this is, um, that FTX itself would be beholden to this strategy. Um, and that's what I think what, what it was crazy to everybody. But, you know, in, in 2021, like, so we never invested into FTX. We never invested into Serum. We never invested into any of the Sam ecosystem tokens. We found them to just to be so ridiculous. Like so, the way that the Serum fundraise happened. So I don't know if uh, 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 it was uh, Tarun. You were there. You were there early in the in the Serum sale. Um, so when the Serum sale happened, everyone heard that you know Sam was launching a Dex, 
And the way that they conducted the sale was not like any VC round I've ever seen in my life. So literally they had an Excel spreadsheet and they had lots of, I think a million dollars a pop. And uh, you had to put your name down in the Excel sheet. And it was, it was basically like the price for every lot would get higher programmatically. And so if you put your name in the Excel sheet as, okay, I'm, I'm in for, you know, 400 million FTV. And then the next person has to do 420 FTV. And the next person has to do 440 FTV. And so the, the game was that you need to get in as fast as possible, put your name in as fast as possible and get to a decision quickly. No time for due diligence, no time to even think it through. And Sam loved this mechanism. Right? He, he did this kind of thing multiple times because he just believed that VCs are idiots. And I mean, to an extent, maybe he was right. He believed that VCs are idiots. And to an extent, he was right. I think that's the best way to sum up FTX, SBF, and the people that invested in uh, this blindly uh, out of pure FOMO.